guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams. I know so many of us struggle with how to parent fairly. I know going from one baby to two babies and the major transition around it often leaves us struggling with how to make things fair. Am I being fair to my firstborn? How do I meet the needs of two babies at the same time? When I'm in the trenches of toddlerhood, how do I navigate these things fairly? How am I meeting my toddler and her autonomy and in her developmental stage fairly? So many of us struggle with this and so many of us, it then leads to the mom guilt and, you know, the laying in bed at night. Am I doing this right? Phoning a friend. How are you doing this? We've all been there. So today I'm really excited that I'm welcoming Mariko Fairley. She is a behavioral consultant. She uses evidence-based and positive parenting approaches. She gives us tons of tips around the transitions of toddlerhood, um, going from one baby to two babies, and that major life transition, how to navigate that with your firstborn, and really with yourself. Um, so I am so excited to bring her here. Um Please make sure that you're following her over on Instagram, parenting underscore fairly. Her Instagram is just chocked full of so much fabulous content. Um, She is just doing such great things over there, and I have loved connecting with her. She also has so many great resources on her website, so make sure that you go check that out as well. And if you enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support, your encouragement, it always means the world to me, and it helps our podcast grow. So let's get started. Cheers. So Mariko, I am so excited that you are here joining me on the Mimosas with Moms podcast. Kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me, Abby. Um, I am um, a board certified behavior analyst. Yeah. And really what that means is um, I work with families to address behaviors that are significant to them. So if they're having a challenge with their child, like tantrums or hitting or sleep challenges, um, I will work with them to address those things using evidence-based strategies. Yeah. Um, but I really try to break it down into very simple steps. And I focus on proactive strategies that I use myself as a parent. I am yeah. a mom of two. I have a six-year-old daughter and an almost four-year-old son. So yeah. I am right in the thick of it with everyone. <laughs> I know. I know. It is a hard time right now. And then like adding this pandemic on top, it's like, what are any of us doing? <laughs> I know. I are know. your kiddos back to school? So we live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, my daughter just started kindergarten via distance learning. What a bummer. I know. Did was... you guys like mourn this or are you guys like, that's fine. We're in it. We're, we're good. No, I mean, we did a little bit and I think that, you know, we've been home for six months. So the morning process has been happening for a while, <laughs> but I was kind of sad that I didn't get to do the drop off with the tears. My tears. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. It's like yeah. a rite of passage, you know, and there's so many experiences this year that I feel like we're missing out on. And mm-hmm. like, it might seem silly, like the drop off of kindergarten, 
but it's a big milestone, you know? It is. I know. I, like, I'm bummed for a lot of parents this year and, like, missing a lot of different things. But so kind of tell us. So today we're going to talk about siblings, transitions for toddlers, for little people. Um, so Mariko, you have a little bit of experience with that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, and I feel like every time it's been different, you know, for our family because we have four kids, and every time it has been a whole new thing. But I've never really had a negative um, experience adding a child, and I know some families have maybe not negative as the bat as uh, the wrong word, but a harder transition to bringing home baby. Um, so hopefully we can kind of normalize a lot of these different things and give parents a little bit of it's okay. And you're going to get through it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband and I are both only children. Yeah. And so when we had our daughter, was great. We were yeah. having so much fun and decided to add another baby to the mix. And yeah. it was, woo, quite right. the transition. I would right. say for the first six to nine months, um, she had a really hard time. You know, she was still a bit of a baby herself. She was just two years old. Yeah. And it was really just shocking for us uh, because we had never dealt with siblings before. And so as they've grown, and are fighting or, you know, they're doing whatever little kids do. <laughs> we're just like the normal sibling rivalry. So stuff. we didn't yeah. know. So we're right. like, is this normal? Like, <laughs> why oh, do yeah, they hate each other so much? <laughs> they're either best friends or, you know, fighting. There's yeah. no in between. Yeah. I know so. somebody who actually was like talking to me about that today. I like ran into a mom friend and they were like, you just seem like you have it together all the time. Like, do your kids just get along so well? And I'm like, no, not one of them get along with each other. They're always fighting. And then I like look at her because she's like, really? And I'm like, no, like they get along and they play really well also. But whew, they yeah. will fight so yeah. bad. Yeah, totally. So talk to us a little bit about going from being these only children parents to what made you even like, decide, hey, we're gonna have more than one. I think being an only child, I always knew that I wanted to have more than one because yeah. I always wished for a sibling when did I was you? younger. I did. Yeah. Yeah. My husband didn't. He said he was totally cool with being an only child. But yeah. I was like, no, I'd really like to have one. And you know, we actually struggled to have the first, so we didn't yeah. know if we could have another. Yeah. Um, but, and then it happened right away, you know, as things work <laughs> out. <laughs> Let's try. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really actually had to draw on my professional experience yeah. to really set her up for success and yeah. in doing so set us up for success. And but it was, I would say those first six to nine months were really, really challenging just because she was trying to figure out, okay, is this little being staying with us? Yes, they are. They're not leaving. And, know. you know, I still want to be a baby. I'm a, am I a big girl? Am I a baby? And I think that's yeah. the thing that toddlers are really, that's the process of being a toddler, right? In right. general is trying to figure out sort of where they fit in. And so, um, it's like that Britney Spears song, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a girl, not yet, not a, yet woman. a woman, <laughs> you know, it's like such a toddler, like conundrum really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are just like really stuck in this. I want you to help me and love me, but I, I want to do it all by myself. 
Yeah. And so I think that's, that is one of the keys though, is when they want to be independent, encourage it, foster it, reinforce it. And then when they, when they have those breaking points and they're throwing themselves on the floor or they want to be carried and talked to like a baby, then you do that too. And you kind of toggle back and forth between that for the, you know, that stage. So kind of like this child led way of life, you know? And like letting them kind of, I know, and like kind of like (laughs) letting them take the lead in some ways. And I think like toddlers, especially, just like really want some of that power, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, seeking control is one of their biggest motivations, (laughs) right? Attention and seeking control over their environment. And so, Um, you know, I think encouraging their communication as much as possible, which is again hard because some toddlers aren't talking very much. And so we have to, you know, teach them alternative ways, whether it's sign language or gestures or even one or two word phrases, just having them, you know, initiate mama up as opposed to just, you know, and screaming (laughs) for what they want or if they want, you know, if they want the toy, have them point to the toy or ask for the toy and then give it to them. I mean, it sounds so simple, but making that adjustment where you put it on them to communicate what they want before you give it is so key to reducing that screaming. Right. That's a good, that's a good little tip too. Cause we go through the screaming with the toddlers all the time and it stresses you out as the parent, you know what I mean? So having like these little tricks and tips that are just like so little and tangible, you know, I think can really set us up for success. So let's kind of talk about this preparing our firstborn for their sibling. So, okay, I get pregnant. We make it through the first trimester. We're, you know, ready to start announcing to people. And now we need to start setting the first one up for success, kind of where should we start and how can we be best leading up to this transition? Yeah. It's a big one. It's huge. Yeah. I think that a lot of times um, parents tell the child, the big kid really early on in the pregnancy. Yeah. And so depending on how old the child is, they don't have a great concept of time, right? So (laughs) if you tell them when you're three months pregnant and they have to wait another six or seven months for the baby to actually come out, that can be really frustrating or confusing. And so I would just say you don't have to tell them right away. You know, I, I do think it takes some time for them to get used to the idea, but that sort of um, need for immediacy is so present in, in toddlers that it's okay. I think it's okay to wait until you're six or seven months pregnant until you have a belly until there's right. like something to notice. Right. Um, and then, you know, there's a million books out there that talk about, you know, for little kids that talk about um, yeah. new babies and being a big brother, or big sister, um, definitely suggest getting a doll and practicing all of the baby actions. I think those yeah. are the basic things that parents do. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say prep the big kid. That baby is going to cry. <laughs> I, for whatever reason, forgot to do that. And oh boy, when the baby <laughs> cried, my toddler cried because it was so surprising to her. I know. 
And then it's a lot of crying. And you oh my as gosh. the postpartuming mom are like, <laughs> I am so overwhelmed. I got myself in way too deep. What did we do? Why are we here? Now everybody's crying. I know. I know. It's a lot. That's, yeah. a, that's a really good point. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I remember these times. <laughs> I know. Well, it was it it just hard. happened for you. It just happened. It? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And like with my toddlers, you know, like once baby starts crying and then they're crying, I'm like, okay. Time out. Like only one of you is allowed to cry at a time. And then the toddler's like, but it's my turn to cry. And I'm like, no, I love that. We got to take turns. We got to take turns. Mom can't do it all. That's yeah. a good point. And, and I love like what you were saying about the dolls as well, because I think like practicing like the gentle touches is really important as well. And that could be done with a doll. And so the babies as well. Yeah, yeah. My, my daughter threw objects at my you know infant son's head for about six months. Yeah. yeah. So gentle yeah. touches and <laughs> you know appropriate ways to interact with the baby. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, and then what I wanted to say about the teaching the big kid that baby cries and be yeah. specific. Like babies cry to tell us they're hungry, they're yeah. tired, they need a diaper change, and yeah. involving them in that. So, oh, the baby's crying. Do you, what do you think that he needs? Yeah. If they want to participate, I would say if they don't want anything to do with the baby, don't be alarmed, don't be upset. Like that's yeah. totally normal too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I think that that's like a big like fear for parents is that I'm going to bring home this tiny baby and the firstborn is not going to be receptive. And like, now what? Or you do bring home the baby and big kid is not receptive. And now you're like freaked out. Like Totally. So then what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you, this is where it's really important to take the, the big yeah. kids lead. Yeah. You don't want to force anything. Um, because then, then they're not going to feel they can't force a bond, right? So then right. they're not going to feel comfortable. And I think as much as possible, spend one on one time with the big kids. So yeah. I know it's really hard. I Oh, my gosh, you moms who are having yeah. babies in the time of COVID. <laughs> I just my heart goes out to you. I think it's so amazing because it's hard. It's hard anyway. Yeah, but to not have maybe the same support that you would have. Oh, yeah. I just can't even imagine. So if you have the ability to bring in help or if your partner is helpful, yeah. then I would say if that person can take the baby so you can spend time with big kid, that is going to mitigate a lot of challenges just yeah. because they're going to act out because they want mommy's attention. Yeah. Which is so normal. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah. No, I t completely agree. And even, you know, like during the newborn stage, the baby sleeps so much during that mm -hmm. newborn stage. So, you know, I feel like uh, new moms, you forget to like put down the baby and it's okay right. to put down the baby. Go yeah. put down the baby, let the baby sleep. And you like check in with the big kid. Even if that means like you're exhausted and you guys just like snuggle on the couch and watch a movie together, you know, like even that can be bonding and Absolutely. those snuggles are everything. So I agree with you. And <laughs> it's funny because I feel like we didn't really have a hard time bringing kids home until fits. And it was with the two-year-old. So it's like mm. funny that you're kind of saying like you had the two-year gap. And I, so that was like our issue one was Josie was exactly two years old 
their birthdays are days apart, two years. Wow. And um, she didn't hold fits for two weeks. Like all the other two big kids were like uh-huh. all about it. Like, oh my gosh, we are so excited. Can I hold the baby? Can I hold the baby? I mean, be like, Josie, you want to hold the baby? No. And she wasn't like <laughs> mad that he was there. She wasn't aggressive at him. She just was like not interested at all. And I'm like, you know, she'll come around. It took her two weeks. And then finally she was like, can I hold the baby? <laughs> and she wouldn't like go with the baby. She would have given back. <laughs> like, okay, I got to feed the baby. <laughs> you got to give this baby back. But so, you know, I do, I think it is like so important to take your child's lead because like it might not be that at the hospital picture that, you know, you anticipated that you were going to get or those first, you know, newborn moments with all the kids like snuggling the baby. It might not be, you know, like this picture of what you had envisioned, but they do come around and, you know, if you just let them, you know have their space they'll come absolutely it was so funny that you say that about the pictures because our newborn photo shoot was a total disaster right my daughter right. was in tears the entire time right so I know I made, I made a meme out of my pic, my hospital picture with Josie <laughs> and it was like when like you realize that you're no longer the baby anymore because like I have all four kids like up in the hospital bed with me and she's like snuggled in right next to me and her face is like are you kidding me like what is this baby doing here and her face is so bad and um yeah I'm like you know it's just just what it is yeah. yeah they come around and now, you know, if we like see anybody out, she's like, Oh, this is my baby. <laughs> That's so cute. You know? They do, and they'll be best friends. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And they, they probably will end up being the closest if I'm being honest. But no, I agree. So you know, not only is bringing siblings into the dynamic just so life altering for everybody in this huge transition. But toddlers in general and tiny people in general just go through so many transitions because they're just like growing and developing like this super rapid speed, right? Yes. And so how can we be best setting them up for these transitions that they're going through? Absolutely. I think that so much of the work has to be done on our end. You <laughs> right. know, we have to be one or two steps ahead of them right. all the time, which is a so lot of planning. It is. It's so much planning. So not yeah. only do you have to like pack a million things to just get out of the house, you have to be, you know, spend pack extra time. Your patience and. <laughs> yes, yes yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I have like kind of my top five tips for toddlers. Yeah. Um, and the first one is, using positive phrasing. So tell your child what to do instead of what not to do. Because these kids are hearing no and don't and stop all day long. Even when we don't mean to, it's like, oh, no, 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 don't, no, don't jump on the couch. Oh, you know, oh, stop touching, you know, pulling the dog's tail, whatever it is. Don't run in traffic. (laughs) Yes. That's when you should say don't. Yeah. Right. When there's like a dangerous situation. Um, But just telling them what to do instead, like sit on your bottom or, yeah. you know, pet the dog gently. Yeah. You know, tell, it's, it's, it's absolutely much more effective than telling them what not to do. So that's yeah. my number one tip. Um, the second one is to always praise the behaviors that you want to see. So I think a lot of times we take it for granted when our child is behaving well. 
and doing the things we want them to do. We're like, oh yeah, so good. You're doing something. I can go wash the dishes or I can wrap up this, you know, email, whatever it is. But we can't forget to just highlight to them, like, you're doing such a good job. Oh, you're, you know, you're being such a good listener. You're such a big three-year-old girl. Yeah. Because we want them to keep doing those things. Right. Um, And and they're people too. You know, like we really forget, like they're people too. They're not just like toddlers. They're people. And like us as people, I want to be told I'm doing a good job. Yeah. You know? Words of affirmation, I right? I don't, I don't hear it enough and I want to hear it. So like we need to be pouring into these little people too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And they want our attention so much. Yeah. So you, they, they don't act out to get our attention. Let's make sure we're giving it to them for all the good things that they're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. And we were talking about control earlier. The biggest way to address control is to give them choices. Yeah. So I'm sure this is huge in your house because I know it yeah. is mine. You know, do you want the blue plate or the pink plate? Do you want yeah. raspberries or strawberries? Do you want your Superman pajamas or your Spider-Man pajamas? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Giving yeah. them a choice will just help them feel some semblance of control. And then you're just like not fighting. You know what I mean? If you're making all the choices for them, it's just fighting all the time. And it's exhausting. Totally. It's exhausting. I can't do the fighting. <laughs> and does it can't really- you like, hear the defeat in me? I'm like, oh my God, am I going <laughs> to fight one more person? And just like throw oh in God. the towel. I can't do it. But does it really matter in the long run if they brush their teeth or put on their pajamas first? I know. Yeah. I, I mean, know. we have to let yeah, some we, of that go. Get, like, I know we do. We get like wrapped up into this like power struggle with them. And like at the end of the day, it's so true. Like what does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So my next tip is to give transition warnings. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, before we leave, before we make them stop something that they love to do or go to something that they don't really love, just, give them a heads up. I mean, I think that's a common courtesy that any of us would appreciate. If you turned off my show two minutes before it was over, I'd be pretty upset too. So I know. uh, Yeah. It's a basic thing, but so important for toddlers. Yeah. Do, do like the timers and stuff for toddlers? Yeah. I love timers. You can, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it. You can do like two minutes, one minute, you can yeah. have like a literal timer on your phone. And I think yeah. having them push the buttons to yeah. start and stop it, yeah. for whatever reason, that seems golden too to help them transition more smoothly. Um, I also like um, uh, sand timers. So yeah. if you're like meal time or something, you want them to do something for a longer period of time, sand timers are gold because they can't really understand time other than seeing it elapse through the <laughs> sand timer. Right. Keep it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just my last tip for toddlers is prompting communication. So getting them to, if they have words, use their words or signs telling yeah. you what they want or don't want instead of, you know, tantruming or whining about it. I know. So like, how do you kind of get them to communicate when there are these big emotions? So you've already like escalated, you're in the tantrum, you have all these big emotions just flying around everywhere. How do we get it to turn around and use your words? 
Right. I think honestly, once it's escalated, it's really challenging to do that. So I think so too. Anytime you can sort of intervene early on, that's ideal. Like you start to see them, you know, you know, like your, you know, your own kids so well, if they kind of yeah. like stomp their feet or make a face or, you know, use a whiny tone, you yeah. say, whoa, okay, let me swoop in here. Yeah. You know, tell me in a big kid voice or, you know, that's maybe when you present the choice. Oh, I can see you want something, you know, <laughs> was it, was it the spoon or the fork, you know, yeah. whatever the situation is. And then have them communicate in that way, even if it's just like taking what they want as opposed to screaming. Right. Um, but whatever we give into in that moment is the behavior that we're going to see again. So make sure you're giving into a behavior that you're okay seeing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's so hard to like so go back, hard. isn't it? I know. And I feel like we're our biggest challenge over here because we have the two toddlers who are 15 months apart. And then I've got three and a half and two and a half yeah. and their big emotions just like flip super fast, but with each other. Mm-hmm. So they're now at the de- de- developmental stage where they're playing together. But, you know, even though they're so close in age developmentally, there's still a lot of stuff between them. Right. Yeah. Um, so the three and a half year old who's like pushing four She's now playing more independent, more imaginative play. She's setting things up. She's got things going exactly how like she sees it all in her head. And then the two and a half year old is still kind of parallel playing more. You know, she's more destructive, (laughs) um, like whatever, you know. So, So like that's like the problem kind of that you've got one who's setting up this whole little world that she's going to play in. And then you've got the little one that comes in and just knocks it all down. And now I don't, I don't even have the words to describe how mad I am because like, I'm furious that you would do this to me. And so you just like, get it all hang out, you know? So there are like no words between them. All you just hear is like the screaming blow up. And so I guess like, you know, that probably falls back on me of, in the eyes, you know, and like (laughs) navigating and like narrating this, you know, but are there like some kind of tools that I can be giving either or both Mm -hmm. to kind of combat this? Yeah. It's such a blessing and a curse when they can start playing together, right? Because if they can play together, they can fight with each other. (laughs) I know it's hard, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, um, everything you're describing is so normal. And we've lived that stage too. (laughs) Um, I I would say that actually some proactive things can help with that. So everybody having quiet time and everybody having independent play time at some point during the day would be really helpful because that whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing, right? (laughs) They give them a little bit of time apart so that they, when they come back together, they're really excited to see each other and play together. Um, and then, you know, especially with the destruction too, we actually kind of, um, work together to build something and then yeah. let them destroy it together. Yeah. If that makes sense. I know it's so yeah. silly, but you know, having the young one say like, can, you know, can I crash or like, whatever, whatever yeah. you guys are doing. And, yeah. you know, as long as they can come in and communicate and this, it's just, I think it's 
a natural sibling thing. I know. Um, but it's having like so developmentally like appropriate right. of like where they are. And I think yes. it's just a lot of like redirecting. And it's just, it's exhausting on mom. Oh, totally. It is because <laughs> you can't, especially with four, you're not going to yeah. be able to be with everybody at the same time. So, yeah. you know, I think it's great ha- everyone having their own stations to play. Yeah. And, you know, slowly bringing them together. But I mean, those things are going to happen. And then, I mean, your your older one will learn patience because she'll have to rebuild what what she was doing. There, there are benefits to it. I know. I know. You know, and it's it's hard. The, the different stages, the different ages, sharing, you know, like these are hard things to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just had a post about this. And it's so interesting because we all just, I think automatically say to our young children, oh, just share, just share, just share. But kids don't really learn how to share until they're at least three years old, at yeah. least. And for a lot of kids, it's older than that. Yeah. They, they may understand the concept of you want me to give my thing up to this other person and, right. not, and they would not be okay with that, which is totally understandable. Right. But um, the concept of really having the empathy to understand what giving up your toy to your sibling or a friend. Yeah. They don't have that yet. I know. So we say take turns a lot. Yeah. Take turns instead of sharing and set timers. Yeah. Um, I think those two things are really helpful strategies. And, and a lot of times if you just let them, if you sit back and let them work it out, they usually do. Yeah. I know it's hard. And it's hard to like kind of navigate when, when to step in and when to let them figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I think it is like a good balance. And I think, I think that we swoop in too often and then they're not developing like that problem solving skill, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, I agree. I think for, for two year olds, um, or three or younger, yeah. it's okay to go in and, and try to coach them through and give them options. You know, yeah. um, do you, do you want to give up your toy? Okay. If not, are you willing to switch with them? Right. And if not, that's okay. All right. You hold on to it for a couple more minutes and then we'll try again. Right. Um, I think that kids under three do need that facilitation, Yeah. but then it's okay. As long as it doesn't get physical to sort of let them try to work it out. I mean, I do think, you know, if they start like tackling each other, you might want to just separate. My girl, them. my girls will, will throw down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. They're going to be a whole ordeal their whole life. I think, you know, yeah. but I'm like, they're 15 months apart. Like they're probably going to share always they share a room mm-hmm. right now they share clothes they share toys you know like they share everything and will it ever not be like that i don't think so no so you know, they'll like share friends probably yeah, as they get older friends. yeah you know they'll be teenagers mm-hmm. in high school like still sharing clothes and hopefully not fighting over boyfriends or something oh, i don't God. know it sounds like a whole bunch of drama down the road <laughs> <laughs> Or you're just like, you know, you got to like figure it out. But I don't know. So maybe like shifting back to the sibling piece a little bit and um, like preparing for new baby. um, Because another thing that I just like thought of that I get asked a lot through my community is bringing home baby and how am I like going to take care of baby and keep 
the older sibling occupied. Um, and I think that that kind of like ties into this like play piece because some of them don't have the skills for like the independent play yet. And so what do I do to like keep baby busy while I'm nursing is a question that I see a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think involve the big kid as much as they want to be involved. I think so. So if, you know, they want to sit and have you read a story to them while yeah. you're nursing or feeding the baby. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, they want to read a story to the baby while they're eating. That's, you know, that's great too. But if they yeah. want to know a part of it and they just want to sort of sit at your feet and you have a, you know, a bucket of toys for them to play with, um, that's okay too. Yeah. You know, again, it's, it's really letting them lead on that. Yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest tips for new parents is if both kids, so big kid and baby are crying, go to the big kid first, go to your toddler first, because you know that you're going to meet all of your baby's needs. You are going to, you know, get them fed and changed and loved on. Yeah. Your toddler needs to know that their emotional needs are being met and that, that change, that transition is so difficult. Just go to them first, take care of them. And then you can go to the crying baby. This is such an important thing that you are saying. And I completely agree. And it's something that I think that doesn't, it's not what you think, right? Right. You hear like the brand new baby who can't do anything by themselves. And you think like, Oh my gosh, the brand new baby's crying. I got to go get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right. Like, you will feed that baby. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like they'll be okay to cry for a couple of minutes, but that emotional piece, you know, that really puts an imprint. And, and going to your toddler first will actually like mitigate some of the more challenging behaviors later because they don't need to act out more to get your attention. They know, Oh, mommy or daddy, they're going to come get me if I need them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you got, you got two legs, you got room on your lap for both. And sometimes that's what you have to do. I know. I'm like trying to think of like all the different things I've done while breastfeeding. <laughs> I, I think I've done it all while breastfeeding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now that I have four, it's crazy. I've done homework while breastfeeding. I've done, you know, I let the toddlers cover me in stickers before. Oh, to like that's keep a good them one. I like um, that. Yeah, you know, there's like so many things to do. And maybe, you know, that's when like you're utilizing your screen time throughout the day is okay. You know, it's baby's feeding time or I need to rock baby, put baby to bed. This is like when you get to watch your show. Um, so... There's so many different things, I think, but it's it's a hard transition for a mom, I think, to, and it's overwhelming to kind of think like, oh my gosh, how am I going to meet both of their needs at the exact same time? Right. Well, you don't have to meet both of their needs at the exact same time. No, no. You just do one thing at a time and you'll get through your day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And one of my favorite quotes is about fairness. And yeah. It's um, it was actually uh, coined by a special educator, but basically fairness is not giving everybody the same thing. Fairness yeah. is giving everyone what he or she needs. Yeah. So in one moment, your toddler may need something. And so you are catering to that person, that little being in your home. And in the next moment, it's going to be your baby. 
and that's okay. It does yeah. not everybody is going to get the same thing all of the time. And I think we have as parents have such guilt about that. Right. But that's actually what being a good parent is, is catering to the needs of your children. Our guilt is just a bunch of BS, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it needs to land us. It's not even, yeah. even needed it because like you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Exactly. You all, you all are good mamas out there. I promise. Um, so, tell my listeners and followers where they can find you. Um, uh, my website is www.parentingfairly.com, yeah. and you can find me on Instagram at parenting underscore fairly. And your Instagram is chock full of great, great content. You're doing a fabulous job over there. Um, I so much enjoy following you. So make sure that you go give her a follow. And Mariko, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you and, so much for having me, Abby. Uh, and cheers to Parenting Fairly. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>